Welcome back to middle school. It's a zoo out there, so just be cool. Don't speak too loud, try to fit in. But if you don't, then you can be in. everyone and welcome to the outfit repeaters i'm marissa Cantor, and with me as always is sam chung hello i am here today on this day in a new outfit which is my new favorite outfit so boom nailed it yeah i think it's safe to say that this outfit will inspire some outfit repeating i mean when you love an outfit gotta repeat it that's how everybody else knows you love it <laughs> i guess so yeah do you want to talk about your outfit? Nope. <laughs> I think you do. No, you can you can describe what am I you can describe what I'm wearing right now because this is, you know, you told me to elevate my wardrobe and I have done so. Yes, I told Sam to elevate his I didn't tell you to. I just merely suggested. No, it ele- was no, it was more like uh you should do this. It wasn't like a maybe you should do this. It was like do this. Well, it's just like you're, you're- <laughs> I just don't remember the last time you bought some new clothes. So I just thought that it would be nice to add some new clothes. Well, I don't go anywhere. I don't have anybody to impress with new clothes. That's true. So I guess I got (laughs) clothes. Since I don't do that, I elevated my indoor (laughs) wardrobe. I was like, oh, how can I be inside better? (laughs) Yeah. So he bought like an aqua blue puffin sweat suit. This is classy stuff. It's got a just really soft puffin <laughs> <laughs> on the front <laughs> i like it a lot i think it's great yeah it's a hoodie and matching joggers i like the joggers because it's like a tasteful puffin the, the- yeah the sweatpants also have a puffin <laughs> <laughs> i didn't realize i liked puffins so much me either that's what i'm saying like but it's- people people grow and people change and so <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say something so stupid. Oh, my God. What? No, I can't. What were you going to say? I can't move on, please. No, please indulge. <laughs> I was going to say. I can't do it. Do it. And now you are a puffin man. <laughs> I hate myself. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. Yes. Do you know the puffin man? <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a, I think it's pretty solid and yeah, you know, new year, new me, year of the tiger and the puffin. (laughs) Okay, so before we talk about how I met your father, because that's what we do here now, Mm -hmm. I wanted to sort of bring back the element of our podcast where it was kind of like a week in review in terms of like any notable media we consumed before before we get started, just real quickly, about one show in particular. Okay. I want to talk about, again, very briefly, we'll put like a five-minute cap on this. The woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window. Okay. Okay. Because, I mean, we thought it was hilarious. Yeah, this has been a very polarizing show because I feel like a lot of people, 
either you do either don't get it or it just doesn't resonate with them. Um, like they understand what it's trying to do and they just don't get it. But we got it. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just one of those things where maybe it was kind of like when we went into uh, the perfect man. And it's just like you have to have that mindset of like, it's it's a joke. <laughs> Although I don't think the perfect man was intended as a joke. But, you know, I don't know. It kind of was like a, it's weird when something is not intended as a parody, but over time it just becomes emblematic of like everything that that era was. But this was meant to be more like, you know, it was created in that parody sense. And in that vein, you know, the lines are ridiculous. Uh, the wine is ridiculous. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just thought it, was a, I thought it was a fun time. Yeah, I really worry that part of the audience, part of the people who are watching it are just taking it too seriously. Though, uh, yeah, I've seen of both minds. Like, I know people I've talked to who have said, I guess it's a parody, but it's not very funny. And then I've had people say, this was the worst show I've ever seen. The worst, there's no, no, it's not, it's definitely not the worst show. <laughs> I've seen a lot of takes on my IG story in the past week. I mean, have they watched them. How I Met Your Father? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I got at least 10 times as many laughs out of the woman in the window, or the woman in the house, uh, as I have from uh, How I Met Your Father. I just think that like Kristen Bell never misses. Like she delivers the line so seriously. It's so good. It reminded me of like, you know, in one of my favorite movies, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, where she plays uh, an actress and the actress is in like a parody Law and Order, <laughs> Law and Order scene of the crime. And it was just like if they had made Law and Order scene of the crime, but like an actual show, it was great. Yeah, and it was very, I, th I just thought that it felt all very intentional and smart in the way that it just skewers that trope. Like mm -hmm. that, because that, that is a whole genre, you know, of like, there's literally like the woman in the window and there are so many books in that vein. Yeah, books and movies. And there was movies. that Ben Affleck movie, The Woman on the Train. Wait, was Are that? I'm thinking of Gone Girl. Gone. Well, Gone Girl is one, and also there's also the. I was. I was like, those were two different thoughts I had, um, that kind of like melded together <laughs> into one thought when I said it out loud. But like the Ben Affleck movie, comma the woman on the train. <laughs> yeah, and it just took every trope and just like skewered it. Yeah. And I loved it. I guess who the murderer was in like by the third episode, and I was so proud of myself. Wow. Well done. Oh, I thought you were going to clap for me. Oh, sorry. I didn't realize that's what we were doing. Well done. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Not laugh track. Sorry. But yeah, I thought that was fun. I mean, it's been a really crazy week of TV. We got that. We got the after party, which was fun. We started watching the Korean zombie show, All of Us Are Dead. That was fun. Um, obviously continuity on Boba Fett, which is meh, but watching it anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a busy week of TV. Yeah. The thing that I really am enjoying about the after party, which first of all is the hunt a killer game that you got me for my birthday last year. Mm -hmm. We literally played this game where uh, there's a murder at I, a high, after a high school reunion. 
I want to say I got that for you two birthdays three years ago. <laughs> no, we played it during quarantine. Yeah, so it was like 2019. But that was like still that was uh, that was three birthdays. That ago. was three birthdays. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. But the thing I'm enjoying about it is because at first I was like, oh, are we just going to see the same thing over and over again from each character's point of view? Which, like, yes, but each episode is a different genre based on that character. So there was, like, a musical episode. I think that Alana Glazer's episode is going to be, like, a psychological thriller. It seems like that's going to be the case. We'll know more on Friday. Or I guess we'll know more by the time this comes out. No, excited to keep watching it. So I'm enjoying the way it's playing with genre and story structure in Mm -hmm. that way. Yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to shout out the woman in the house primarily because <laughs> so far it seems like we're in the minority. I don't know. But I enjoyed it. I will stand by it. Yeah. And then we watched How I Met Your Father. Yes. So How I Met Your Father, the reason why, you're, why we are here today. So I have some statistics about the first week of How I Met Your Father now that uh, we were able to get from Nielsen. So, you know, we have been critical of the show, I think, when it came out. And um, this is obviously the first week of data, so we don't have anything from the second week, episode three yet. But in the first week that it came out, the show was the number one SVOD series among uh, adults 18 to 49. It was the number one show for men 18 to 49 and women 18 to 49. So it wasn't just like women were skewing the, the scale there. It was not the number one show among old people, adults 50 plus. <laughs> But, you know, young people did tune in to watch these first two episodes. So I think the curious follow-up question next week is going to be, did they stick around? (laughs) I think this week, week one, has proven that, you know, Hillary Duff is doing her job. She is a powerful force Mm -hmm. when it comes to millennial female audiences. Yep. I am not unique. I am not not an individual. No. I am one of the Hillary Duff masses. And they tuned in. They they did. Especially tuning in was uh, young women, uh, 18 to 34, really tuned in. Not quite to the level that they tuned into uh, another one of your favorite shows, Emily in Paris. Uh, (laughs) Everyone, including Peyton Manning, is watching Emily in Paris. Um, But, you know, pretty decent showing. Not to derail the conversation, but what a revelation. Peyton Manning is funny. <laughs> and he didn't break. That was really impressive. I mean, years of nationwide commercials have prepared him for this moment. <laughs> is it even nationwide? I'm not even sure anymore. Just of the commercial life. <laughs> the commercial life. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, Adam I mean, to the Peyton cast. Manning hosted SNL before. Adam to the cast. He's a funny guy. <laughs> <laughs> I really believed him. Fun stuff. So, I don't know. You and I have obviously spoken ad nauseum about how we felt about the first couple episodes in prior episodes of this podcast, and we'll talk more about how we felt about this episode, but I don't know if that number is sustainable, but we'll see. You know, maybe we're wrong. Hillary made the girls show up. Now the question is, how loyal are they to her? (laughs) Yeah, very true, very true. Um, we'll see. Yeah, will they stick around? 
but well, they just go back to watching Encanto. <laughs> I told you Encanto is a moment. I told you. Yeah. Yeah. Like for the last month, all I've been getting is Encanto TikTok videos, and Sam is like, "Yeah, because." You're watching them, so they're feeding, like, it's all the algorithm. And I'm like, no, I maybe that's true, but I'm also telling you, like, Encanto is a thing. But also you're... It is a moment. But also, like, you're getting fed an above average amount. That's probably true. Yeah. Yeah, it was like Swift Talk became Encanto TikTok, and I can't get away. I digress. Let's talk about this show. Yeah. There's a lot to say. Is there? <laughs> It's like there's both a lot to say and nothing at all. Yeah. Um, any like overarching thoughts or should we just jump in? Well, we should introduce the episode first and then we can talk about our overarching thoughts. So today we are discussing How I Met Your Father, season one, episode four, Dirty 30. In this episode, Sophie discovers that hosting her 30th birthday party is almost as stressful as turning 30. Jesse and Alan struggle to relate as siblings Val and Charlie spice things up, and Sid shows off a new piece of bling. So, overarching thought, I thought this was the weakest of the episodes that we've seen so far, and there are a couple of reasons for that. So, obviously, we are introduced to uh, Drew in a larger capacity, so we kind of met him in the, pro- uh, I guess, the previous episode? I don't even remember now when we met in yeah. which episode we yeah, met no, him. Yeah, no, we met him in the... In photos yeah at the school um but now it's like this is drew but i feel like we're both under operating under the assumption that drew is not the father um also you know what makes this weird and i've been thinking more about like the kim cattrall piece of this is like say you have like a five hour story to tell your son why are you doing it on a facetime do a phone just do a phone call (laughs) They act like 30 years in the future, FaceTime is mandatory. But like, I promise you, in 30 years, I don't want to see your face. I, I, have even less, I have even less patience for your face <laughs> in 2050. Yeah, we just will all be disembodied voices by 2050. <laughs> just do a regular old phone call. Like, I hope Zoom is dead. No offense <laughs> to Zoom, but like, I want to Zoom with you. That's fair. Obviously, we've mentioned this before, but the Charlie and Valentina, like every episode, they end in the same place (laughs) with like the exact same story beat, which makes no sense. Um, We still know almost nothing about Valentina. I'm like tracking Valentina's character arc and there isn't one. Yeah. um, We got a... A uh, vocal performance that actually somehow made me prefer Drops of Jupiter. <laughs> <laughs> the one redeeming uh, part of this episode was Sid and his man engagement ring, which I appreciated. <laughs> I love Sid. <laughs> I think Sid has officially overtaken Charlie as my favorite character. Yeah, Charlie had a good moment and uh, he blew it. He fumbled the ball the one yard. He he did a full Mark Sanchez butt fumble <laughs> and just butt fumbled his status away. How many times have we seen him naked now? Like, why? I don't know. It's at least, I feel like on average, it's got to be once per episode. Once per episode, yeah. Yeah. Because the first time we saw him, he was naked. He was naked again here. I think he was naked also at the bar in episode one. 
Was that twice in episode one he was naked? I don't know. He's been naked too many times. <laughs> I think the issue is really both of their care. It like that their story is so much just about defining their relationship. Like you said, in every episode, because of that, we're not really getting a strong sense of who they are as individuals. And I almost like I need to know more about who they are away from each other before I could even begin to root for them as a couple. And then the other story that we got in this episode, the Jesse and Ellen story, it's like, I appreciated that we got some of this character development, but the show is, I feel like, supposed to be a comedy, and it's just such a downer. (laughs) Yeah, we got some, like, childhood trauma. Like, I feel like there's a, a way to nuance kind of, like, in a good comedy, right, there's a way to kind of, like, nuance more backstory with still making it funny and comedic. But I just didn't get this here. This was just like sad. It was so accusatory. It was like, you were a bad brother. You abandoned me. I was nine. Yeah. <laughs> it was heavy. Yeah. Was like, heavy. Oh my God. I didn't come to how I met your father to watch like you Steve Harvey this. <laughs> also going back to Sid for a second. I've sort of been tracking the men and how they interact with Sophie Mm -hmm. in every episode, right? I'm, like, trying to build my, like, it's like a father tracker, like. A father tracker? (laughs) Yeah, like. (laughs) And so far, in every episode, there's a moment, just even if it's just a small moment, where Sophie and Sid are interacting with each other. And. I feel like it's just, I, I I think that's something to watch. This may be confirmation bias because this is the theory that we came up with. <laughs> no, I mean, like, you picked Sid. I did pick Sid, but you you wanted to pick Sid, and the only reason you didn't was because I did. So I feel like there's a part of you that may just be looking for confirmation. It could be, but Of no, what you want to see. No, but they're very, like, low-key It's not like, it's very not in your face, but I think it's moments that like you could point back to. And I think we're starting to see like a friendship develop between them. Mm -hmm. And it's entirely platonic, but there's always like, just like a nice moment between them. And like, I don't know, like Sophie and Jesse like barely interacted in this episode. Sophie and Charlie didn't really interact, but Sid was there. Sid was there. Sorry, I got distracted. We paused on the credits, and uh, someone named Alex Borlo is credited as Sweaty Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Just add it to the real Alex Borlo. Great great work. I don't even know which, who Sweaty Girl was. I was having a Father Tracker moment. <laughs> um, yes, no. Father Tracker moment. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that Sid has definitely had these moments more consistently. I don't know that. So we have the four guys, right? We at the beginning, but three of them were on the bridge. So we had the three bridge guys. I don't know that she's had really any of those moments with Charlie. Um, and obviously she's had a couple with Drew, but they've been very in your face. Jesse, you all. Oh my God. <laughs> They're so interchangeable. Clearly. Uh, yeah. Sorry with Jesse. Um, and it was been very in your face. I don't know that she had one in this episode with Jesse. No, yeah. I don't think so either. But I also think the case for Sid that's building is I think that they also have very similar values. Like they both want 
commitment and they both want like the same they like this 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 sweet summer child is is wearing a man engagement ring that his fiance doesn't even like <laughs> he bought it for himself he he did he's ready i feel like sophie would like that yeah for sure <laughs> so i don't know i'm just put it on the father tracker okay put it on the fa- it's been added to <laughs> the father tracker i just love sid but yeah i mean those were my overarching thoughts too i think that i have kind of dialed back my enthusiasm for the Josh Peck Drew character. Like in the first episode that he was in, I was like, oh, cool, it's Josh Peck. Oh, they seem to have like nice chemistry. And then in this episode, I was like, no, no, they don't. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they are going to be good friends, probably, but they just don't have enough in common with each other. Yeah. (laughs) One Christina Aguilera music video does not a marriage make. (laughs) No. No. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Sophie has never been to the library. Actually, no, she probably has. She's probably been like, here's a cute guy at the library. Is this the one? Let me see. (laughs) Fully stalks him. (laughs) Like follows him through the library. Pulls a you. (laughs) (laughs) I came in here to find you. (laughs) So I think, Let's just, let's jump in. Let's talk about the episode. Okay. So the theme of this episode is Sophie's turning 30. And 30 is a funny age, as Kim Cattrall says. Uh, Question. The title of this episode, uh, before we dive in, actually, sorry to interrupt you, is Dirty 30. Dirty with two R's. Is that the Christina Aguilera song, Dirty with two R's? That is exactly it. Oh, okay. Um, I just noticed that. Um, I guess I'm I'm not familiar enough with the Christina Aguilera library. Okay, so Dirty 30. Do we think that they had to get the... Oh, do we think that they got the trademark <laughs> to use Dirty with two R's? Speaking of trademarks. Yeah, I mean, we, we got to talk about the trademark. <laughs> Is this the first quote-unquote catchphrase of this show. I mean, they're trying. They're trying. (laughs) They're really trying very hard, and they're just introducing it now. Episode four. In episode four, it's not something that's been happening for a while. I guess, what's the equivalent in How I Met Your Mother? Well, the catchphrase of all catchphrases in How I Met Your Mother is Barney going legendary. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Like the legendary thing. Yeah. Um, But... How I Met Your Mother is known for its catchphrases. That one specifically is like the top tier one. And now it's like they're going to try to. Yeah. Are they forcing it here? Do their own thing. I wonder how many trademarks we got. I would say take a shot every time they say trademark, but don't. Yeah. I wonder how many trademarks they actually have. They probably like are, you know, they probably are like trademark, but they don't go through any of the effort to actually trademark anything. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Someone else actually owns the trademarks. Yeah. Yeah. The engagement ring, trademark. Yeah, but I guarantee you, you can go trademark it right now. I'll I'll Google, I'll go on the trademark website. (laughs) Should we get the trademark for it? (laughs) Yeah. What if we bought the man engagement ring trademark? Check a trademark status. All right, here we're going (laughs) to the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. All right, so I'm on the trademark database, and I've put in man engagement ring, and it looks like someone did try (laughs) 
um, to trademark man engagement ring, but the trademark is dead. What happened? All right. So back in, oh, all right. So back in 2014, oh, someone named Jennifer uh, Kimberly Hype. Don't put people's names on blast on this. She's the, what? <laughs> She's the one who tried to trademark it. She put herself in the U.S. Patent and Trademark <laughs> Office database. What? She tried to trademark man engagement ring, uh, a ring made in whole or significant part of gold, silver, or platinum wedding rings. This uh, effort died <laughs> in 2015. There's a second one in here. Um, it looks like somebody else tried to trademark this. Uh, James Paraconi. Actually, he was first. He tried to do it in 2013. And uh, yeah, it died again in 2014. So uh, it looks like... It's up for grabs. It looks like it could be up for grabs. There, okay. So, but then the issue here is that someone has also just trademarked the word mangagement. So mangagement is a live trademark. The owner of the mangagement trademark is Ryan Bethel. And Ryan Bethel has trademarked mangagement. So... Jewelry made in whole or significant part of diamonds. Rings. Rings made in whole or significant part of diamonds. Uh, wedding. So it looks like because, well, actually, I don't even know because he filed this in 2014. So mangagement has been trademarked, Sid. So I don't think that you can go. <laughs> it seems like you cannot trademark something. That because has already been trademarked. It has already been trademarked. So I don't know. Mangagement ring. There, I don't know. It's a little bit of like maybe, but mangagement on its own has been trademarked. Yeah, it's messy. Yeah, it's, it's very messy. messy. You can't just yell trademark because <laughs> <laughs> just because you yell trademark does not mean that you own the trademark. Yeah. You know who else is messy? Sophie. Sophie is messy and insecure. And that is what this episode is about. Yeah. Um, and Hillary Duff is 34. <laughs> Correct. So. You know, she is she too old for this role? No. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like we know that Hillary Duff is not 30. She, we've known her for so long. We're like, you're not 30. You're older than 30. In the year 2022. <laughs> okay. We have 30-year-olds playing 16-year-olds, but you're trying to say that a 34-year-old <laughs> cannot play a 30-year-old? Are you joking? Yes, I'm joking. Are you trolling me? I am. <laughs> it worked. But yeah, I mean, in terms of that age and in terms of, you know, I don't know if it's even maturity, which is how this episode frames it. It's just, I think we're even starting to see it now at the point that we're at in our lives, in our the back half of our 20s, shall we say, where people are just in different stages. And it doesn't really have so much to do with maturity, but just like career-wise. Or it's like we know people who have small children right now and, or like or are buying homes and like things that like maybe feel more quote-unquote adult. But that's just life. I feel like that's how it feels at every stage. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's just a 30 thing. I agree. And I think that for Sophie specifically, if we're looking at this for her, I don't think she's ready for it yet. Like when she first meets Drew, she's like, you know, she makes that comment about 
is this what working normal hours are like, you know, and it's not like a knock on her. It's just like, I don't know that she would be necessarily happy with that life. <laughs> like, I don't know. She's just a different, she has different interests. And that's okay. It's a miracle. Well, not a miracle, but it's just refreshing that she has interests at all. Maybe I should develop some interests. <laughs> <laughs> you do you, Sophie. And yeah. don't feel insecure about it. But yeah, I just think that framing it as a maturity thing is slightly off base and a little bit reductive. Mm-hmm. But she 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 can't be a fancy mature person, but she is attracted to them or so she thinks. She is spending the last day of her 20s at a fancy dinner date with Drew. Yeah, um they got to go to a fancy restaurant, the did they say Boca Bartito? Something like that. You know, very classy. Drew likes wine. He knows all about wine. He is himself a, a sommelier. Um, and he gets some fancy wine. They talk about libraries. He talks about his dog. Unfortunately, named after the Golden Girl, not in the, not in the new. I just feel like that's a weird, it's a weird thing to leave in. But I guess they left it in. What do you mean? His so he talks about how uh, he he wanted to get a puppy. No, I know what you're talking about, but what do you what do you mean regarding like the Golden Girl reference? Oh, I mean his favorite Golden Girl is not Betty White. <laughs> no, it's Rue McClellan. What? But like I don't Blanche know. Hive Rise. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just unfortunate timing. So yeah, basically he's a nerd. But Sophie is is into it because it's different than what she's used to. Yeah, he he makes a hand signal for the check, and she is just, like, so turned on by that. And meanwhile, while she's on this date, her friends are all in party planning mode for her 30th birthday, which is Dirty 30-themed. They're all supposed to dress up like Christina Aguilera in the Dirty video. I did not know that this was such a defining cultural moment. Um, apparently it was, yeah. She's like, that was my favorite music video. Just like doing the the math. Like, I feel like we're not that much younger than Sophie. We're only four years younger than her. That's true, but I feel like, you, you know, there's there's an age where, like, you watch a music video, right, and it just sticks with you. Like, for example... I I remember watching uh, James Blunt sing "You're Beautiful" and take all of his clothes off and then jump off a building. Like that is something that just sticks with me. I can't imagine throwing my thirtieth birthday party in that theme. I don't know what it would be, but like anybody five years younger than me would be like, "What are you talking about?" I guess that's fair. So, "Dirty" came out in two thousand two. Yeah, so, so she would she would have been. been uh, I, yeah, she would have been 10. Um, so, you know, she's there watching it, but we would have been a little bit too young for that. Probably. I feel like 10 is still a little too young for this song slash video, but well, here's the thing. She's not 30. She's 34. <laughs> <laughs> but Hey, I mean, who didn't listen to an explicit lyric or two as a, as a child? But yeah, I just thought that dirty was an interesting choice. So yeah, so she's having this 
this bougie date. Meanwhile, her friends are like carrying a keg up the stairs. And it really like they're showing the juxtaposition of these two lifestyles. Sid introduces his man engagement ring, which he calls elegant yet masculine. And I just this tickled me because you put a lot of thought into picking out your wedding ring. And it just reminded me of that. It was very endearing. Yeah. Um, Sid's man engagement ring is pewter with a dinosaur bone inlay. I did see several like dinosaur bone inlays. That is a real thing when I was looking for what I wanted my <laughs> wedding ring to be. Um, but I ended up going with a carbon fiber inlay. So a little bit different. But dinosaur bone, very intriguing. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's that's very cool. And Hannah hates it. So what does that say about them long term? Nothing great. She's not even there to see it. What yeah. Is, like, get over it. Ellen comes in and she is struggling with the subway swipe. Yeah. I mean, that that is a thing, but it's not so much of a thing that it would prevent you from entering the subway at all. Yeah, you'll get it eventually. You'll get it eventually. And, um, they have tap now. <laughs> um. Whatever soundstage they're on doesn't have tap tech. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, listen. It was hard to live in the moment in 2022. <laughs> if no, you're going to commit so to right. 2022, put some tap in your subways, <laughs> in your metro Yeah, stations. you don't even need a metro card anymore. You can just use your phone. <laughs> no one has told this to these people in the year 2022. <laughs> but yes, yeah, Sid and Jesse start debating different methods. And I think Sid is a little bit closer to correct. You can't go too fast. Yeah, if you go too fast, it'll, it won't register. I agree with that. But yeah, I love all the little ways that this show tries to be like, we're New Yorkers, but mm-hmm. we're really bad at, you know, depicting the city in an accurate way. And meanwhile, once again, Charlie and Valentina are struggling to define their relationship. Yeah, she's his wonder wall. She is not his wonder wall. Well... No, she's his wonder wall, but he is her acquaintance. (laughs) They are somewhat together. Yeah. Back at the fancy restaurant, Drew and Sophie are just so smitten with each other. They, they, They could talk all night. They're the last ones there. They close it out. Drew's a taxi guy. And Sophie says, very retro of you. And I say, very rich of you. Very, very wealthy of you. Is Drew trying to hail a cab for himself or for Sophie or for both of them? See, unclear. Who but is the cab for? I think it ends up being for her. And then, like, is he going to pay for her cab? Like, this is not thought out at so all. So many questions. <laughs> no answers. Yeah. And Drew's not playing it cool at all. He's like, so I had a lot of fun. What are you doing tomorrow night? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's only my 30th birthday party. And then he stares at her. You're invited, I guess. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Drew, like, chill out. (laughs) Yeah, he's a little thirsty. I know, Drew. Like, keep it classy, man. (laughs) Yeah, like all your bougie wine I can't even pronounce. Good thing that taxi arrived when it did. Jeez. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so he's talking about all of the fancy wines that he could bring, potentially. And that's when it hits Sophie. She just invited a classy-ass man to a trashy-ass rager. Yep. Um, So she runs home and everything must go. (laughs) Yes. 
There will be no tequila bobbing. We need real cups. We need appetizers. No chips. Everything about me is not me anymore. I must change who I am for a man. Again, it's weird that she's planning this party with people she's known for like three days. A week tops. A week. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I feel like the show wants us to forget that almost. Like they want us to believe that they're just this solid crew now. But you're right. They all kind of just met. And like you said, who were Sophie and Valentina hanging out with before this? I don't know, but I took lessons from Hilary Duff herself. Oh, pay attention to her. And I've been paying attention. (laughs) (laughs) And it's kind of, I don't know, like when you think about it, it doesn't really check out. Like here are these people that you've met, including a man and his adopted sister in a weird kind of dynamic. And you're like, (laughs) Let's have them help me with my birthday party. They're clearly going through their own thing, but my thing is more important. Yeah, I mean, do you, like, taking a step back and thinking about how the original series was kind of set up with all the shared history of they went to college together and, like, coming into it with a well-defined friend group, do you wish that the show kind of took that from the original? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) where like maybe they could bring in a new character or two like maybe like well charlie would be the new character you can bring in charlie yeah and in another world you could even say bring in jesse like well no you would bring in ellen no why would you bring in jesse when jesse is the connection to sid that's true though it has to be the two new people coming to new york who are now roommates which, again, big plot development in the previous episode. No bearing here. Nothing. It's no. not even mentioned. No. Yeah, I don't know. Just give me, like, messy relationship dynamics. Like, give me, like, Sophie and Jesse hooked up freshman year. They don't talk about it. Yeah, I and mean. There's, like, give me tension. Give me... The thing is that like, is when you have that dynamic and you establish it, it's just something that you don't think about at all because you just accept it as fact. But when it's like this, then every time they do something, you're like, you've known them for how long? <laughs> <laughs> and you're all besties now. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's like you just kind of have to like suspend your disbelief, I guess. So then we are at the party. We cut right there. Sophie and her crew have classed it up a little bit. There is a cocktail called the Sophisticated Sophie. There is a raw bar. There is a book nook. So mature. All just radiate adulting. Uh, Speaking of radiate, (laughs) though, uh, the heat is broken. Or rather, the heat is on. Yes. (laughs) And... uh, Sophie breaks the pipe just in time for (laughs) Drew to arrive at 8 p.m. sharp like a sociopath. (laughs) (laughs) Drew's just a little, a little much. There's some big red flags with Drew, all right? (laughs) Inviting himself to her birthday party, showing up exactly on time, first person there. I mean, Drew, you're showing your hand a little bit here. And then everybody else starts to trickle in. Who are these people? Where did they come from? They're all Christina Aguilera. What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) Are these Sophie and Valentina's actual friends? Like, what's going on with these extras? 
it's unclear, right? Because they're clearly not friendly enough to stop them all from hitting on, or to stop Valentina and Charlie from hitting on all of them. Yeah, it's weird. It was just like they found some <laughs> they're people. They're just randos. <laughs> so I have more questions. Than so you invited answers. a bunch of random people to your house for your 30th birthday party. And yet Drew, who arrived on time as the sociopath, I think you need to look inwards a little bit. Yeah, I have more questions than answers coming out of this episode, I have to say. Yeah. Drew's like, wait, is this a costume party? To which Sophie says, the early aughts are back. Like, Yeah, it's just fashion. Now we see Charlie and Valentina are kind of in a standoff. They're somewhat together, but like he can flirt with other girls, right? So that's what he goes off to do. He's like, I am going to, I'm going to go seduce someone else. And Valentina's like, cool. Okay. Like you said in the last episode, I'm pretty sure shows like these like to kind of like pair off the characters. So today's big pairing, this episode's big pairing to me was the, the Jesse and Ellen pairing. And no, it did not provide comedy. (laughs) But it provided substance and trauma and maybe the building blocks for a better tomorrow. I don't think so. I don't think this is ever going to come up again. (laughs) Like, I didn't get the sense particularly in either of, in any of the first three episodes that there was this like horrible strain on their relationship. Like, obviously she was a newcomer to the city, but you never got the sense that she harbored this like deep resentment for him until suddenly in episode four, it's like, you don't know anything about me, and I don't know anything about you, and maybe this is not what I thought it would be. But in episode five, I'm sure if you skipped episode four and you just watched episode three and then watched episode five, you would never think twice about their relationship to each other. I don't know. I'm going to push back on that. I think that there were signs in the early episodes. I think that there has been an awkwardness between them throughout the series maybe it's subtle but they didn't strike me as particularly close well no not particularly close but like i mean how close do you need to get to your sister (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i don't even know what to say (laughs) (laughs) i yeah but clearly this is like the big plot point here and so jesse is like I'm going to wingman for you and get you laid. And (laughs) so he tries to wingman for her with this girl, Holly and deck the halls. Oh my God. (laughs) And he's like, this is my sister, Ellen, and she owns a dairy farm. (laughs) (laughs) We know she's all about that butter lettuce. Yeah. Produce. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, meanwhile, the party just continues to party. It's hot in there, but Drew cannot take off all of his clothes because pit stains. Yeah, he's too classy for pit stains. Yeah. What do you think he is, a sociopath? (laughs) (laughs) And he's asking her questions about the books. It is quite a random assortment. And then we learn that Valentina... She's kind of turned on by Charlie flirting with other girls. This is a weird kink, I have to say. And then we get the Sid and Sophie moment of the episode. Add it to the father tracker. Where she kind of goes up to Sid and is like, 
hey, you're friends with Drew, right? Do you think he likes me? Sid's like, yeah, he's here. Why is Sid friends with Drew? <laughs> they're friends from college. They, he was at the engagement party. That was the backstory. Oh, they're all friends from college? Yes. So Drew is the vice principal. I mean, very ambitious vice principal. He's only 30. He employs Jesse, who he went to college with, and Sid is also there <laughs> from college. They are the friends from college that we want, but there's just like <laughs> another whole half of the cast that is. But there's your main character who's not in this group. No. So this is really the story about one lonely 30-year-old woman <laughs> in trying to find a some friends. <laughs> Yes. Interesting. Okay. It's all it's all coming together now. Yeah, for sure. And this is the moment, though, for me where I'm like, the thing about Sid and Soph is that I feel like we're seeing their friendship develop each and every episode, and I like it. And I mean, if you got that out of this scene where Sophie tries first uh, an uncooked quiche and then a raw shrimp, then go, good for you. Let me have this moment. <laughs> It was more about like her kind of like trying to get, you know, the intel about Drew and trying to be like having a moment of like, do you think he really likes me? Does he think I'm pretty? I don't know why I just talked like that. Please <laughs> don't use this. Uh, that is definitely getting used. <laughs> oh man, I'm having a rough night. Okay, so obviously they need more food, right? Like, you can't serve people raw seafood. And so... <laughs> I mean, in all fairness, it's a raw bar. Yeah, okay. And so she gives Jesse and Ellen $10 to go get more snacks. Um, this is going to take Jesse and Ellen out of the apartment and onto the, the busy streets of New York where they're going to get in a full-on argument about their traumatic you know, the the traumatic decision they had to make as children to choose a parent in the divorce. Um, well, it sounded like only Jesse had the choice. It sounded like Ellen was going with mom regardless. But why would that be the case? Like, Ellen must have chose... Well, you don't think Ellen chose that? Like, why would that be the case that only one of your children can choose and the other one, it's like a foregone conclusion? Ellen was like six? Yeah, I think she said she was five, but like five, yeah, that's like old enough to make a decision. Like, I okay. what's the difference whoa, whoa, between whoa, whoa, six whoa, 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 and whoa. nine? Whoa, 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 whoa! First of all, this is terrible parent. Like, no child should be put in the position to be like choose a parent. Well, no, I that agree. Is, that is so deeply traumatic. It is, but at the point where you're making your nine-year-old do it, like, why is that not a thing for your six-year-old? It's not like it's a baby. I don't know. Like why it doesn't make sense for them to put one child in that situation and not the other one. I don't know. <laughs> what I got from the episode was that Ellen was going with mom. Jesse, where are you going? You choose. And then he was like, I didn't want dad to be alone. So I stayed. Just think about a nine-year-old making that decision. It's so sad. It's, it's super sad. Well, you're skipping ahead. You completely, you're, you're completely skipping over Drew burning himself because mid, <laughs> mid, like mid, um, deep moment 
they have to cut back to the party. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're having this heartfelt moment, and Ellen's like, I don't know if we're meant to reconnect. You know, this You're maybe right. I made a Sorry. mistake. My notes are very like, what? Maybe You're I made right. a mistake. But first, we have to see Charlie and Valentina have sex in the shower. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Drew burns hand on pipe. Charlie and Valentina are boning. And Sophie's just so embarrassed. She's like, we're the same age, but we're not at the same stage. Oh, my God. I'm rhyming. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then we cut and back. And then we cut back. Yeah. And Drew is like, I was nine. It was just so, I don't know. I thought that this was, again, like you said, not funny, but somewhat like, I don't know. I felt, I felt something here. You felt something here? I didn't feel anything here. I felt something. This was more life itself than this is us. Whoa. (laughs) Well, because it just shows like for Ellen, she was like, it's so weird because in my, in my memories, you always seem so much older. He was like, but I was nine. Like I was just a little kid too. And she, there was so much like resentment and like there was so much like these feelings of abandonment coming from Ellen and for her to realize that they were both just kids put in a not great situation and that maybe it's not or it wasn't Jesse's fault. That's what I mean. It's like now it feels like they can rebuild something. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It just it didn't land for me. It's not that's not what the show is. But maybe I don't know what the show is. <laughs> <laughs> what is the show? I don't know. I thought it was a comedy. Maybe I'm wrong. Actually, I know I'm wrong because it's not funny. <laughs> Whoa. But it's okay. That's okay. It's okay. Jesse is going to get things kicked off right now by teaching Ellen how to commit a crime. Let's do this. New York. Let's go. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to teach you how to swipe your Metro card. Just kidding. I'm going to teach you how to jump a turnstile. I don't even know what to say. I have a lot of like weird, like it was like kind of like a weird thing to see. I don't know why I'm flipping my hair when I talk about this. It's just like thinking about like making a joke out of jumping a turnstile when that is like something that the MTA specifically like remember when they made that like whole campaign where they just like spent all that money just like filling the subway with posters about like not doing that and then they were just like all the arrests of like black kids who would jump the turnstiles and then for them to make just such like a cavalier kind of like oh this is something cute that happens here we jump the turnstile and we run yeah that's true kind of left like a bad taste in my mouth quite frankly yeah i had a friend who got fined for doing that oh yeah yeah and it's just like i don't know you know there's so many jokes about like in this show specifically about like how the quality of the subway is poor but you're the one skipping the fare. So it's your fault that the subway quality is poor. You're not you're not giving them any money. Yeah, it was just a weird joke to make. It was a weird a weird gag. Like is that the way that the show is trying to turn this like serious moment into a joke? Apparently, but and, it wasn't a very funny joke. Instead of just like maybe you could have just let it be this like sibling moment where like the big brother teaches the little sister how to swipe her metro card. It's all you needed to do. Mm-hmm. And then we cut back to Valentina and Charlie having the same conversation that they have at the end of every episode. Literally the end of every episode is them being like, you know what? I think 
<laughs> we could work. I think we could do it. <laughs> and then every episode, something happens arbitrarily. And they're like, mm, I don't think this is going to work. But then over the course of 15, 20 minutes, they're like, you know what? I think this could work. <laughs> and I think the reason why this doesn't land for me is because the setup of their relationship is so extreme to begin with. <laughs> like the fact that he just like leaves the aristocracy for her and just like loses his inheritance and flies across the pond. I know. And like it's such a dramatic like I'm all in. Yeah, he abandoned his version of Martin the Butler and came to America. <laughs> to be amongst the poors. Yes, he gave up his Joe Millionaire status and he came to the United States. So if that was going to freak her out, which it clearly does, she should have sent him right back around yeah. in the pilot. So that's why this isn't landing for me because... It just doesn't land for me because it's like, She's said multiple times, like, let's do this. And now all of a sudden she's afraid of commitment. Like you had three episodes to tell him that you didn't want to commit. And every episode you're like, but let's give it a shot. And then, oh, and then how can we, how can we not unpack this, this final moment, Sam, the pinnacle moment, the dirty 30 dirty, if you will. Yeah, so Drew meets Sophie on the roof, and Sophie just kind of like comes clean about everything. And you know what? He's okay with that. Like, yeah, I'm suave and I'm mature, but being mature is not all that it's cracked up to be. I was lonely and bullied. <laughs> is basically what he yeah, says. He's like, I'm boring. <laughs> I I missed out on stuff because I was just. This is where like the entire plot of Booksmart comes into the. <laughs> End of the episode. Yeah. But tonight I burned my hand. I witnessed shower <laughs> sex. <laughs> I'm going to remember this night for the rest of my life. I'll be telling my kids one day via awkward FaceTime about this night. <laughs> yeah. But even though they're different, they have one thing in common. <laughs> they both have a love for the Christina Aguilar song, Dirty. Yes. <laughs> and then we get a little bit of a rooftop karaoke. Nope, nope, didn't need that. Oh, but we got to play it. Uh Yeah, we 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 must. Wait. <laughs> gonna get my girls, get you boys, gonna make some noise. Gonna get proudy, gonna get, get a little on get it fired up in a hurry. Wanna get dirty? It's about time I came to start the party. Oh my God! Wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> so the thing that is so baffling to me is that Hillary Duff can sing, Sophie cannot. Josh Peck sounded decent. On the solo, the first couple bars. Yeah, yeah, but maybe it's like you're trying too hard. It's like it's like when you go to I went to karaoke once and it was like one of those like you're just at a bar and it's like just larger karaoke and this girl who like wanted to be on Broadway was like, My turn. Let me <laughs> sing part of your world. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> it was such a weird karaoke choice. <laughs> 
It's like so over the top, like, you know, it's a party, you know, chill out. This isn't your Broadway debut. Fair. That is that is a karaoke choice. It feels like a downer. Yeah. Very slow. Just wait until the crescendo where she's like, I want to be where the people are. <laughs> but she's doing it so dramatically. She's like, yes. I want to be. Yes. Oh, are. my God. Yes. Oh, triggered. Yeah, she did just that. <laughs> and it was like when, when. Nobody loves a Little Mermaid moment more than me. It was to like. To be clear. And, and and she did that thing where it was like when it goes, I want more. She like held the note for like what felt like a minute <laughs> and a half. It was like, I want more. And they got like bigger and bigger. <laughs> I want more. <laughs> I can't even do it. I can't even take myself seriously right now. Yeah. But I know exactly what you mean. It crescendos. Yes. Oof. What yeah, a it was a, that was a lot. As much as dirty. I'm having fun with this. So are they. They kiss. Good night. 30 is just a number. That's yeah. It. And so at the end, her son is like, I don't even think about turning 30. That's like so old. But her son's got to be at least in his 20s, right? Yeah. He's in college. He's in college. Like 30 is not that far off. He's like, oh, that's so old. But you're going to be 30 in like five years, bro. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, oh, and I didn't even tell you how the party ended. And. I was expecting, I don't know why I had any expectations for what was about to happen, but I was like, oh, everyone's just mad at Charlie for flirting with, like, that's, I don't know, weak ending. I don't, none of this, like, the problem for, well, I say the problem, like, I only have one problem, but, like, (laughs) none of this makes it seem any, like, none of this feels relevant to the story of how Kim Cattrall met her unseen son's father. Correct. Like, this is not concise. <laughs> and I don't, I don't, like, I don't understand how any of this gets close. And, you know, maybe I'm being short-sighted and maybe it'll all wrap itself up at the end and we'll see all these moments from the story along the way. But it's like, I don't know. Like, if Jesse is indeed the father, this episode is wholly unnecessary. <laughs> Team Sid. Team Sid. <laughs> If Charlie is the father, what the heck, man? (laughs) Team Sid, Team Sid. Yeah, I feel like this episode kind of lost the plot. Yeah. Sam. Yes. Are you having fun with this experience? This is an experience that I'm having. (laughs) It's happening to you. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) it is happening to me. I mean, how many episodes is this? Is this 10 or 13? I think it's 10. It's 10 episodes. Uh, I mean, we're almost halfway through now. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm waiting for Ian to come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you think about it that way and realize that we are, you know, approaching the midpoint of season one, I think they're banking on a renewal. For sure. And I mean, the first episode was promising. Um, But yeah, I mean, next week is going to be the big... Moment of truth, I think, for the show. Was it was the bachelor appearance worth it? <laughs> Stay tuned to yeah. find out. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say or should we should we close it out? I don't know. Did you have an MVP? Team Sid. Team Sid. Sid is your MVP? I don't know. Do you have one? I guess give it to Drew. I don't think he's gonna be around for long. But this was his moment. You, you don't know? think he's a damn sociopath? Well, they're all <laughs> sociopaths, so <laughs> like a damn sociopath. 
I don't think he's any sure. He's probably a sociopath, but I don't think he's any. <laughs> I don't think he's any more sociopathic than any of his any of his cohort here. That's fair. Like for example, Sophie thought it was fine to just have a party with like a burning hot pipe in her apartment and not even put a sign up saying "Don't touch this hot pipe." Sophie is chaos. Let's see where she goes from here. Although in fairness, you know what? Drew is like, can we open a window? And Sophie is like, no, the window is stuck shut. And Drew proceeds to try and open the window. So maybe he is a sociopath. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he was like, let me use my man strength. Yeah, because you're so buff, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Will Josh Peck be in the next episode? Well, I mean, yeah, they're still together right now. So he's going to be in the episodes for a while. But, like, is he going to be in all the episodes? I don't think so. Yeah, I think he has a cute little, you know, season one arc. He'll probably break up by the end of the season. I think they're going to break up before the end of the season. I think by the end of, by the end of this season, she is probably with Jesse. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Well, yes, because, you know, as we have unpacked in our draft, Jesse's the short term. He's the short term guy. Do you think that Hannah and Sid will break up by the end of season one? Yes. Will Drew and Sophie have another karaoke moment of connection next week? We'll just have to wait and find out. I don't need more singing, honestly. (laughs) I mean, they keep sprinkling it in. It wouldn't surprise me. So I guess that's a wrap on How I Met Your Father, season one, episode four, Dirty 30. Mm-hmm. Dirty 30, mm-hmm. excuse me. As always, you can follow us at Outfit Repeat Pod on Twitter and email us at Outfit Repeaters Podcast at gmail.com. Yes. Uh, if you are just tuning in for some of this How I Met Your Father coverage, and you're curious about any of our earlier podcasts, you can find those at our website, www.paginatedmedia.com slash outfit repeaters or on any platform where podcasts are available. And be sure to tune in next week when we are back talking about How I Met Your Father, season one, episode five. 